This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of Kentucky Daily, a daily podcast covering your University of Kentucky Wildcats. I'm Sean Smith, joined by Derek Terry. Uh, Derek, more good news for Mark Stoops in the UK football program this morning. I know we talked about this on Thursday's episode. No surprise, once it was announced there would be a commitment on KSR this morning, but Alex Afari has now joined Kentucky's recruiting class, a class that's already shaping up to be one of the better ones, if not the best one Mark Stoops has put together, and it just got even stronger. Yeah, no question. Um, I really like this commitment. For Kentucky, you know, talking about a kid that has the measurables you're looking for, I think that's kind of the thing that stands out to me. Uh, he's listed at six foot two, 195 pounds. Had some other good offers, a spinalist, Indiana, Iowa State, uh, Cincinnati, Virginia, and Pittsburgh. And, uh, of course, today's his birthday, Sean. So happy birthday to to Alex. I'm sure this will be a day he'll never forget, a birthday that he'll never forget. Um, but, hey, you got to tip your hat again. Another – said it yesterday since he was going on KSR. You know who's recruiting him? It's Alex – or, uh, sorry, not Alex. It's uh, Vince Marrow. And uh, reading a story that my coworker Josh Edward put on the site, he has been recruited by Kentucky since the seventh grade, Sean. So when we talk about this staff, continuity, and having people that's been there, this is another example. Well, you know, it's not like UK is recruiting them every single day since the seventh grade, but you established that relationship way back then. And as the kid gets older, now he's going to be on into a senior year. Uh, he's probably just finished a junior year or about to, and you get his commitment, and you have that trust built in and everything. And it's just a, I think, a great advantage that Kentucky has right now with with some of these guys that they have on the staff. Yeah, and, you know, you're bringing up how long it's been that they've been recruiting Afari. Uh, I thought of this a few weeks ago when Keontae Goodwin committed to Kentucky. When I started covering the UK beat, Derek, it was 2017. That September, August, September is when I officially got credentialed. But that summer is when they started targeting Goodwin. And he was one of the first pieces that I, I had even put anything out there on is when they first uh, offered him was recruiting him. And I, that kind of – blows my mind that it's been that long but it also shows you the commitment that this staff has that when they when they get on get in on people they're in there early and I think that's why they end up pulling these off and uh, just the relationships that the staff builds over the course of four or five years no question I mean you establish that early contact but then even in the story that Josh wrote I mean Stephen Plinkscale the DB coach is sitting them up every day he says so I mean you put in a lot of work to get these kids I mean it's you see some commitments that happen, you know, rather quickly. I mean, you think back to last year with Trevin Wallace, 
you know, there was not a years long type of relationship there with him, uh, but you're still able to land a commitment. I mean, sometimes that's how it goes, but a lot of times some of Kentucky's best commitments, like we talked about, have come from, from guys who have been, um, pretty much given the full court press for a number of years. I think of Jagger Burton last year, uh, obviously you're talking about Goodwin, um, for this season, I mean, Travion Longmire is not on the same type of level in terms of the star ranking as, uh, you know, a Goodwin or a Trevin Wallace or Jagger Burton, but he was another guy that got offered him as a freshman who Vince Merrill talked to a lot throughout. So you see a pattern for sure with some of this. I can't speak for sure on a guy like uh, like the Wade Twins, who how long they had been recruited by Flink Scale, but Jeremiah Caldwell, the first commit in this class, was another, another example of a kid that Kentucky got on early and closed the deal with uh, rather quickly. Uh, Jackson Smith, same deal. I mean, pretty much he got through everybody on this list and uh, and say that Grant Bingham, same deal. So he adds to it. Sean and Owen rivals. Uh, I don't I don't mind to use their rankings. Uh, rivals, they're up to number seven nationally. Yeah. Kentucky, that is. And in the composite, they're at 10. So still climbing up. Like I said on yesterday's show, I'm not really sure who the next commitment might be. This was one that – what – I think he had said his date three three weeks ago or so, so you knew yeah. this was coming. Maybe it'd be even longer than that. I'm not sure when exactly that was. But uh, with him in the fold, though, like we were saying yesterday, they're up to four commitments now in the secondary. And all those guys are listed at, at at least six foot. But Caldwell, 6'3", Longmire, 6'2", and Afari, 6'2". So they're back to – you know, getting that height that they had early in Stoops' tenure, well, I'll say early, pretty much starting like 2015 with Beatty, Chris Westry, and then the next year or two years later they got Lonnie Johnson. So those are the traits you look for. That's that's the ton of DBs uh, Mark Stoops likes, uh, Stephen Klinkscale likes, and, and they're doing a good job targeting targeting those guys and landing them. Yeah, and you, and you mentioned that class on rivals, and the only classes ranked ahead of UK right now or Ohio State, LSU, Georgia, Notre Dame, Oklahoma, and Penn State in rivals. I mean, company to be in. Think, think about that. That's crazy, right? Uh, and two, this has now been like our spring on this podcast. I think we've had now, what, four or five, six commitment episodes from football. How many guys have they gotten since Travion and, and that stretch right there? Grant Bingham followed that one, and then obviously – the, the Wade Twins. I mean, it's been a nice spring so far for Kentucky football. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no question. I mean, they had Caldwell and Stewart to start, and then two weeks later, Travion hopped on, and since then it's been kind of steady. Uh, you obviously, they had the really big – they had a big April. I mean, you get Bingham, the Wade Twins, and Goodwin, and then also uh, Josh Cladis and then Jackson Smith. I mean, you probably won't have another month where you get that many commitments again for this cycle. I mean, maybe in the summer once once they're allowed to start taking these visits. Um, but no, and and again, like I was saying yesterday, let's, we should let this class kind of. Matter of fact, I might have made a mistake yesterday. Did I say that Afari was the, no? I, I mentioned that Afari was gonna be the top kid from Ohio, right? Because they do have Caddis committed, and uh, he's also from Ohio. I'm a little worried. I might have said that. Afari was their first Ohio commitment. Uh, they have two now, but Ryan yeah, Bear. Nobody caught it. <laughs> yeah. said anything. No one said anything to me. Uh, Ryan Bear is an offensive tackle who will take an official visit to this uh, to Kentucky this summer. I would say he is probably 
in terms of maybe the best chance to get another commit relatively soon, within a few months, that is. I think he could be the guy. I, my guess is a Mill Wagner, uh, Ahmad's little brother, probably won't be in this class. I just think uh, Ohio State's really turned it up on him. And, and that's some way, Sean, that might have been a trade-off because Keontae Goodwin, I know for a fact this is not, you know, I mean, this is more than just message board rumors. Like, Keontae Goodwin was the top offensive tackle prospect for Ohio State. He chooses to go to Kentucky, and that sends a ripple effect. So they got to move down their board, try to get other guys. And in some ways, I mean, Emil Wagner might have might have gotten a scholarship offer to, to Ohio State and become a target because of Goodwin. That's true. Choosing to go to UK. But you take that trade off, though, I think, if you're Kentucky. Absolutely. I like Wagner a lot as a prospect. but uh, And I'm not saying Keontae Goodwin at 18 years old or whatever he is is a finished product. I do think as a recruit he is more physically ready to play next year if they need him to. Whereas I think Wagner is a little bit like his brother was, uh, about the same height. But he, unless he's added a lot of weight, he was someone who was going to need some time in the weight room, which is perfectly normal for an offensive tackle. So I really like uh, a Mills long-term projection. I think he'll be a good player if he chooses to go to Ohio State. Um, I mean, he's kind of the dream scenario, I think, an offensive tackle to pair him with Keontae Goodwin. But I just think it's going to be too tough to uh, to overcome for Kentucky. But Ryan Bear would be a guy that I You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Before I think he's listed at six foot seven as well. Some pretty good offers. I think Tennessee's another school he's taking an official visit to. Pretty much all Power 5 schools are going to be in his final list. Maybe Cincinnati will get in there. I mean, I kind of consider Cincinnati at this point, the way that they recruit, they do a good job. I mean, it's not a knock at all to, to have Cincinnati as a final school because Luke Fickle has turned them into a really solid program. But, yeah, I mean, that puts Kentucky at, at kind of spread out now, Sean. they got commitments from six different states by this point. Three from Kentucky, two from Ohio, two from Tennessee, one from Georgia, one from Indiana, and one from, uh, from Michigan. And at this point, this class is really being carried by Vince Miro and also Stephen Klingscale. Yeah. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcast. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. And, you know, two guys that have continued to get it done. You're, you're talking about Marrow, who got that new deal uh, a year or so ago, and obviously, you know, Clink Scale and those guys getting getting promotions as well, Derek. I mean, that's two guys on staff that are continuing to recruit at a high level. And this program, we, we expect them to have a very solid team this year. 
where's this program go when you add a recruiting class like this to it? And I guess that gets me into this, Derek. We we don't know for sure where this thing's going to end, obviously. There's still a long way to go until signing day and we get those final rankings. But where they stand right now, and they've been in this position now for, for a few weeks where, where they're ranked so high, and Kentucky fans, everyone that I talk to right now that I see out, they're they're not talking as much about basketball. They're talking about the football program, the, the buzz around a – possibly another really good season in the fall and in this recruiting class. So I'll ask you just to make a prediction. How how high do you think this thing can go, and where do you think it levels out here as we move in through the summer and into the fall with this recruiting class as far as a ranking, maybe a composite ranking? Yeah, that's a good it's question. Hard to, it's hard to put a number on it, but just, what, just maybe a range you think. I think they can get it as high. I'm looking at it right now. They're very close to Rutgers. They're basically probably one more commit, uh, and then they'll move ahead of Rutgers. I would guess that class for Rutgers is kind of starting to level out. Um, it's hard to say. I think a lot of these blue bloods are going to end up, yeah. you know, getting commitments. I mean, so, yeah, I think look, look, look Alabama, at the schools they're ahead of. Yeah. yeah, they're still ahead of Florida State, Alabama, Michigan, Oregon. These are all USC, Florida. These are all teams. Clemson's at 25th. These are all teams you'll expect. Uh will eventually finish ahead of Kentucky. So I don't know if they're going to peak at 10, but I can't imagine it gets much higher than this. But in a final ranking, I'll say around 20th. That's what I was going to put it at. Which will be pretty good. I mean, it would be really good for them if yeah. they get to around 20. Because uh, even, I think, 2010 – or, sorry, 2020. 2010, I can tell you, was not a very good recruiting class. <laughs> 2020, uh, they finished 25th, which was – which included seven four-star guys and a lot of high three-stars. So it's tough. I mean, Kentucky's at four right now. I could see them getting Dane Key, put them at five, probably a couple other four-star kids that will pop up here eventually. And there will be, you know, shifts in the rankings already. Some of these guys who are high threes could become fours and possibly the other way. Maybe some guys who are fours go down. I mean, either way, it's it's a solid class. And for Kentucky, I mean – you see the damage they've done. I'll say damage. I mean, they've had the one true nationally relevant, I would say, year where they went 10-3. and three. But you see the talent they've been able to kind of develop in the, third, you know, probably late 20s um, or high 20s, low 30s type range. They're kind of somewhere between 30 and 35 most years, I would say, is kind of the average for Kentucky under Stoops. And you've seen how well they've done. So, you know, the hope would be if you get maybe kids who are a little bit more advanced out of high school, maybe have a little bit higher ceilings, you take those guys and develop them, then you can kind of constantly be in that range where you think you could get to nine wins a season. And I don't know. I mean, I, I need to see it more than just one year where they got to nine and three. There's been other years where, you know, had had some other things happen, had some guys stayed healthy. I mean, I go back to 2017 a lot, Sean, as a year that I felt like was a – they might have been like a paper tiger in a sense that I don't know that that team should have won nine games, but whenever you look at the games that they lost that season, they probably should have won nine games. Uh, of course, they blew the game to Florida where they were up in the fourth and uh, also lost to Ole Miss in a very close game that they could have won. So you look at those two outcomes, it's not like you're having to do much uh, you know, revisionist history to say that they could have been there. I mean, they probably should have won both those games and they could have been at nine and three. And then the Lynn Bowden year, a little tougher. I think you're just happy for the, how that season turned out given all the injuries, things like that. So it was a good year to salvage. And then 
who knows in a normal year last year, it's probably no reason to go back and, and talk about it uh, that much. I think we're all happy to move on from last season. And But once you get back to this year, you look at the roster, I think I, think I read Sean Stoops said in an interview that he thinks he'll have five or six guys on the defense alone get picked. If that's what your head coach is saying, that's where he's putting it, then you got some talent on that defense, and it's all going to come down. Well, I wouldn't say it's all going to come down. The defense still has to perform. And there are some question marks on the defense. They're having to replace some good players. Um, but I look at the talent, I look at the schedule, and I say, yeah, I think nine wins is um, attainable. But I don't know if that's where I would set it. But yeah. getting classes like this, I believe that was your question you asked me. Yeah, it was. <laughs> where it could end up. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, you want to sign the more times you get classes like this or in the top 25, um, obviously it just makes sense that the higher your expectation should be and the hope should be that uh, eventually you keep stacking classes like this and you can keep raising that floor to, you know, where seven wins should be should be a given, honestly. Yeah, yeah, that, that's a really good point. And, and two, when you – it's not just about recruiting, obviously. I mean, you could give any program, you know, a class like this that's not like a blue blood program. You're talking Alabama or someone, but – uh, one of those other programs that has been on the same level as Kentucky, and, and they, it might not translate to success, Derek. I mean, it's all about developing those guys that you get in your program too, and that's another thing that the staff does very well. Like we're talking about the guys at the top of the class. Who are those kind of diamonds in the rough that they get before this thing's done that ends up turning into a Jamin Davis or uh, a Josh Allen or not saying they're going to be, uh, you know, record-breaking players at UK, but, I mean, who would have thought Jamin Davis would be the 19th pick in the NFL draft oh, yeah. a year ago? I mean, that's the thing that we're, we're talking about here when it comes to the way they recruit, the way they develop, uh, certainly putting themselves in a good position. But we just wanted to hop on here and just uh, get something out about Alex Safari in just a short commitment episode. We do this every time they get a commitment. Uh, as for Melbag, we're going to push that till Monday. And then you're going to get a second episode today. We're going to break down the buzz with uh, Kentucky and Tata Washington. And then we're um, also going to talk about some other basketball topics as well as, as John Calipari and the staff continue to uh, try to fill out this roster for next season, Derek. But, uh, yeah, just get your mailbag questions in over the weekend. I've, I've already got some, and we will get to that first thing on Monday. We'll have an episode ready for a mailbag, and then we'll try to do a second mailbag next week as well. So if you've listened to this episode uh, and you listen to it early on Friday, somewhere in that afternoon hour, uh, be looking for another episode of Kentucky Daily to discuss basketball. And so we want to be sure to split it up. But as always, this episode, it's powered by Blue Wire Pods. It's also powered by the Butcher's Pub. Three locations now. Uh, London is the new location, Williamsburg and Palmville, Kentucky. You can visit thebutcherspub.com or check them out on Facebook. He's Derek Terry. I'm Sean Smith. We'll catch you next time on Kentucky Daily. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.